Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GSU ENI Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Ryan Johnson with Community. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, Lee. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Community. How are you serving folks? Absolutely. So Community is the leading esports career and competitive pipeline for students of color. Uh, what we focus on is ensuring that minorities have representation in the growing esports and video game industry. And we do that by partnering with underserved K through 12 institutions, as well as HBCUs, and ensure that they have the appropriate resources um, to provide STEM curriculum and also esports related competitions for the students on their campuses. So now why don't you educate the listener a little bit about esports as kind of an industry? Can you, can you talk a little bit about how large that is and where the opportunities you see lie? Yeah, for sure. So the esports industry is just a sub-segment of the holistic video game industry. Um, it's projected that the video game industry by the end of this year will reach $175 billion in recurring revenue. And esports currently makes up about $1 billion of that number. It is consistently growing. So you can consider esports to be the competitive and professional and competitive amateur uh, video game competitions. So essentially what you will have, if we look at the state of Georgia as an example, Georgia was one of the first states in North America to actually recognize esports as an interscholastic high school sport under the Georgia High School Sports Association. So you have schools that are competing um, in titles like uh, Madden, Rocket League, League of Legends, and Overwatch. And just like you would have them compete in a traditional sports schedule like basketball, football, track and field, or even swimming. Um, so essentially what you have happening in the state of Georgia is students that are competing at a super high level and winning state championships with their teams in high school are actually getting scholarships to attend uh, institutions like Georgia State, Georgia Tech, the University of Georgia, and Kennesaw State, which also have esports teams that hand out scholarships as they're looking to chase now national and collegiate titles. So the reason why this is important specifically for minorities is that if you look across the landscape, most esports are played on gaming PCs instead of consoles and systems like Xboxes and Playstations and Nintendos. So naturally what you have happen is a socioeconomic divide within the school systems based on which schools and which districts can afford gaming PCs and then also who can afford to pay a stipend for an esports coach. So naturally you lose majority of the inner city schools throughout North America. And then also most HBCUs do not have the additional resources to bring their esports program to life. So holistically, that's what we focus on. We're an advocate and an advocacy group to help raise awareness for these institutions that wanna be a part of this growing industry, but may not have the resources to do so themselves. Now, is the opportunity for the young person to be a player and then get a scholarship or earn money being a professional, or is the opportunity in being a creator and, and being involved in esports in terms of 
being part of the teams that are creating the games or creating the communities within the games or is it both um i would say it's both and then there's another layer which is the career path of stem right i think a lot of times uh we overlook the fact that at the end of the day the video game industry is nothing but a subsegment of technology so what we really focus on is ensuring that young students of color who love video games have the, they understand that within gaming there is career paths within production, within business and marketing and law, that there's career paths within computer programming, video game design, 3D animation. So where we really focus on is actually the career pathways because our ultimate mission through our company is to ensure that there's a larger representation in the actual workforce in the gaming industry. But supplemental to that comes actual varsity competition like we're talking about with esports leagues competitive uh, collegiately and at the high school level but then there's also the casual and recreational co competition that all exists within that same ecosystem so we like to identify or really showcase to students those three variables or uh, pathways to actually becoming um, professional so playing and making money playing casually and being part of an entity or actually working in the space um, as a working professional across IT and or business. So now in, in with your work with community, is that uh, you're advocating and evangelizing this opportunity? I guess you're starting with young people in uh, an elementary school level. Is that where this begins? Uh, so we, we do have some students that are in elementary and middle school, but our, our true target um, is sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school and also college students. Because the idea is that once sophomores through seniors in high school, um, you know, it could be a chance where they have not yet had the opportunity to identify what they want to study in college and or what college they want to attend. So as we continue to build out, you know, these esports programs, especially at the HBCU level, if we take Atlanta as a perfect example, you know, we infuse and interject gaming into the Atlanta public school system. And simultaneously, we help build out the esports ecosystem within the Atlanta University Center. So now students within APS know that they have the opportunity to attend a Morehouse or Clark Atlanta, Spelman or Morris Brown and be an active participant within that esports program and even have the opportunity to earn scholarships and internships through our programs as well. So now who is your customer? Is the customer um, the high schools or the individual consumer? Our customers essentially are the, the academic institutions, but our largest uh, stakeholders are corporate brands. So actually how we drive revenue, if you can imagine over the last year and some change, there's been upwards of, you know, five to $10 billion allocated from corporate America, specifically the communities of color in response to a lot of the racial and social injustice in the country. So our largest constituent is actually taking everything that we've talked about so far, packaging um, you know, our entire program competitive and career, and then go to a corporate brand like Microsoft or Verizon or Comcast or Red Bull, and they provide us marketing and social impact dollars. And that's how we actually operate our business at large. So as it comes to being um, a, from the, the school standpoint, we actually don't charge students or the schools to be a part of our program. We generate all of our revenue through uh, social impact dollars um, and corporate social responsibility, sponsorship and media investments from our corporate brands. 
because one of the unique elements we're able to leverage because we're in the space of esports is a platform like Twitch. So when we're able to take our programs that we're describing, our esports competitions, we create broadcasts and we throw it on a platform like Twitch. In our first year, we aggregated over 10 million live viewers that actually viewed our content. So brands are able to actually give back to communities that they're looking to serve, that are underserved, but also at the same time, reach massive audiences on platforms like Twitch via our public broadcasts. So then the value to the brand is not only just doing good, but it's also there's an opportunity for them to get their brand associated in these, you know, highly sought after environments. Absolutely correct. So what do you need more of? Um, At this point, we're actually raising capital. Um, In our first year, um, it was really just myself and my co-founder, Chris P.A. Now we have a team of nearly 17 people. Um, we're currently just looking to build out new IP uh, within our business. So we're actually looking to uh, raise money right now to expand our operational expenses so we can bring on more uh, program programmatic directors, uh, more curriculum directors, but more so is actually bringing in more marketers and brand directors because as we build our brand, grow our audiences, grow our social channels, um, it actually pr- makes us become more valuable to the corporate sponsors that we're already working with. Um, just allows them to expand their reach and really say, uh, seek out the market segment that they're looking to reach, primarily being the multicultural audiences in these inner cities throughout the country. Now, how did you get involved with the Main Street Entrepreneurship Seed Fund? Uh, So for graduate school, I attended Georgia State, uh, where I actually just finished this past summer with my master's in sports administration. Um, So just through being in the Georgia State Network, um, that was my connectivity uh, to the entrepreneurship, uh, the, the actual, the Main Street Seed Fund. Um, and then also historically, I've had a friend of mine go through it. So I was able to uh, essentially observe his journey. So when, you know, the time became appropriate, I, I went ahead and applied. So how has that involvement helped take community to a new level? Uh, truly just through the mentorship and, and relationships that we're able to develop. Uh, you know, one of our biggest advocates within the group is MK. Uh, and, and even this year through the program, we were able to work on a, a side project with NK that allowed us to do a lot of market research and just do a little bit more discovery about our own business. Um, so that was the main thing is just relationships. You know, that's one of the biggest challenges, especially as a young company and young entrepreneurs, is not necessarily knowing which doors to open or even who to talk to um, that has access to certain doors. So that's why we're really even excited for this upcoming Thursday, the 28th of October for Demo Day. Um, just an opportunity now to present ourselves uh, to some of the more um, you know, senior stakeholders and investors that we've been looking to connect with over the past couple of months. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to connect with you or um, take a look at community, is the website live yet? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is, is live and running. Um, and that's community.co, uh, but we spell our name CX. M-M-U-N-I-T-Y dot C-O. Um, and that same, our website is basically how you can find us across all social media platforms. Um, and if you're interested to connect with me directly, uh, Ryan Johnson on LinkedIn, um, but on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Ryan Ran It Up. So R-Y-A-N-R-A-N-I-T-U-P. Um, so no, uh, I'm really appreciative of this opportunity and just grateful to continue building. 
Well, again, congratulations on all the success, and thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. And that website, one more time, is cxmmunity.co. Ryan Johnson, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on GSU ENI Radio.